0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now,
1: here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2015. I'll share more about this event later on in today's show. I am super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Pinterest expert Vincent Ng, and we're going to explore how to drive traffic to your website with Pinterest. I also want to wish a happy new year to everyone all around the world. And with that, I've got a new discovery that I'd like to share with you. After mediating
1: a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered.
0: Are you ever in a spot where you've got this brilliant idea that pops in your head? Or maybe you're in the car listening to a podcast and you're driving and all of a sudden you hear something brilliant on a show, maybe this show (laughs) or any show for that matter. And you're like, oh my gosh, don't forget that. Say it over and over in my head. Don't forget it, don't forget it, don't forget it. If you're like me, it drives you mad, right? Well, did you know that you can text yourself on your phone? A lot of people have no idea that you can do this, but you can actually send a text message to yourself on your phone. And in particular, if you're driving, obviously this is not recommended, but you can do it when you come to a stop sign. What I love, I'm an iPhone user, and what I love is the combination of Siri and the iPhone. For example, I can be listening to a podcast on my iPhone and I can push the little button and up will pop Siri and I can say the following, text my mobile, don't forget to send the email on Monday. And literally Siri will say, ready to send, and it will literally in one shot take everything I said. Now it's really awesome. So for you iPhone users, here's the key to everything. You can say text myself, but then what Siri is going to say is which phone number, especially if you have more than one number in your um, listing. Like for example, I have my mobile, I have my home. It gets confused. I have my work. So instead you want to say text my iPhone text my mobile, whatever the field is that you have set up for your for your smartphone is what you want to be able to say, you know, text my mobile, and then you can you can wait or you can just keep on talking and it will do the whole command in one kabang. And what's really cool is when you're done doing that on your iPhone, you can just push the button on your iPhone and it'll go right back to playing the podcast if that's what you're doing. So I just think this is a really cool way to get something on your mind into your phone. And then next time you're obviously at a stop, or when you get to the office, you'll see there's a text message waiting. And that'll be the easiest way for you to go ahead and send a reminder to yourself. And of course, this works when you're walking and you don't want to open up your email app and get distracted. So start texting yourself. (laughs) Let me know how you use this in the show notes, if you use this at all. And with that, I'd like to share something else with you.
1: Want to keep ahead of your competitors?
0: Need to master a social platform? Struggling to measure your ROI? Join 2,500 fellow marketers at the mega conference designed
1: to inspire and empower you. Social Media Marketing World 2015. Brought to you by Social Media Examiner. You'll rub shoulders with the biggest names and brands in social media. Soak up countless tips and new strategies. And enjoy extensive networking opportunities in San Diego, California. Pick from more than 100 expert-led sessions across seven tracks
0: focused on
1: tactics, strategy, measurement, corporate, small biz, content, and the future of social.
0: Network aboard a naval aircraft carrier
1: industry leaders Jay Bear, Guy Kawasaki Mari Smith Chris Brogan, and Michael Stelzner
0: Don't miss the industry's largest conference
1: Discount tickets are limited Visit socialmediaworld15.com to secure your ticket today
0: You know, it's really hard to believe that we are only a couple of months away like three months less than three months till Social Media Marketing World Oh my gosh, that's crazy um, I want to tell you uh, first of all, that you can still save, if you're listening to this in January, there's still significant savings on the tickets. Also, I want to share with you what one of the speakers is going to be talking about. Hi, everyone. This is Janine Dietrich. I am going to be speaking about crisis management in the digital age at Social Media Marketing World in March. I'm very excited about it. I think everybody's very concerned about what you do if somebody says something negative about you online, how to handle that, and what kinds of things you can do if the crisis erupts. So we'll be talking about that, and I hope to see you there. So Ginny is just part of many different speakers that are gonna be speaking in part of our corporate social track. And as you heard, that's just one of many tracks, and we'll be covering uh, customer service with social media, how to work with agencies, employee advocacy, which means how do you get your employees to advocate on behalf of your company, global social media, what do you do if you got people all over the world, how to measure social, how to scale social, and how big brands are using Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more. So whether you work on the corporate side or you're a small business owner, we've got everything that you would love to learn about. All you have to do is visit socialmediaworld15.com to check out the speakers, the agenda, and to get in on the early bird pricing. I would love to get a chance to meet you face to face, shake your hand and say welcome to Social Media Marketing World. So won't you join me in San Diego, warm San Diego in March of this year, socialmediaworld15.com. And with that, let's transition over to today's interview. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I'm very excited to be joined today by Vincent Ng. If you don't know who Vincent is, he's the host of the Pictures to Profits podcast and author of How to Search Optimize Your Pins and Boards for Pinterest and Search Engines. He's also a Pinterest expert and his blog can be found at mcngmarketing.com. Vincent, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. I'm looking forward to this. So today, Vincent and I are going to explore how you can use Pinterest to drive more traffic to your website. So let's start with your story. How did you get into Pinterest? It's really, uh, I wish I could tell you it's this mind-blowing
1: or changing story, Michael, but really I was frustrated with Twitter and Facebook uh, as a social media marketer. Uh, So I started social media marketing probably five years ago, was using it successfully for some of my clients, but I found that for my own blog, it just didn't drive traffic. Hmm. Uh, And then I heard Pinterest was the site that had 10 million unique users uh, in a month. It was the fastest site to do that. And I'm like, you know, I got to be on this. There's something about it. Uh, And started exploring and realized like there was, I wouldn't say like it's a massive amount of traffic, but there was a good amount of traffic coming to my blog site. I said, this is the site I need to be on. Uh, And that's actually how I started on Pinterest. Now, how long ago was that? This was actually still in the beta stages. So a friend had invited me. I think that was almost. Uh, it, was, it seems like it's. I think it was four years ago. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So I got on pretty early. Um, when even to be honest, when I think nobody knew what was going on at the time.
0: So what was uh, just for those who you know are recently hopping on Pinterest in the last year? How are th- how have things changed over the years? In your opinion. Uh,
1: I think they've changed a lot. I mean, uh, well, the first major change that people will probably notice is from a few years ago, everything used to be in a chronological posting order, uh, similar to Twitter. Um, but there's been some recent changes in the last half a year or so, uh, and everything kind of works on more of a an, a smart algorithm base, similar to Facebook. And I think that's kind of been the major change. Uh, I think that in terms of uh, businesses using it, there's more and more businesses jumping on board, realizing that there's retail Uh, and e-tail power
0: with Pinterest. So it's really changed in that sense. Now, when you got started way back in the beginning, when it was really obviously very in its infancy, so to speak, um, did you notice any trends back then? Was there certain kinds of images that were being shared in the olden days more than others? I mean, because we've heard so many people say that it's predominantly lifestyle and um, cooking and that kind of stuff. Was that true in the early days? (laughs) <laughs> you know, honestly, Michael,
1: I, it really was, and I'm not gonna lie. The people are probably gonna, some people are probably gonna uh, give me a hard time about this, but the truth is, when I first started, I actually didn't go on that often um, because it was really hard to find stuff that was relevant to myself specifically. Right. Uh, it was a lot of weddings, it was a lot of fashion, uh, what people would probably stereotypically refer to as female lifestyle, right. uh, and so. But that was hugely predominant. Um, but now that's kind of changed. There are more men using it. Um, and there's, I think it appeals more to a lot of different lifestyles.
0: Gotcha. Well, I can venture to guess that there's a lot of people listening right now that are not yet on Pinterest. So why don't you explain why they should consider it? I think that, uh, well,
1: I think people need to consider the overall picture, which is Pinterest is part of the visual social media revolution that's going on right now. I think we've moved Um, You know, we've done predominantly text-based social media, such as Twitter, uh, Facebook, but Pinterest is a visual social media. People process information very quickly. When they see pictures, uh, they know what's going on. Uh, and all you have to do is look at magazine covers and you realize that how much information you can get from a magazine cover. You get the headlines, you know what it's about, who the celebrity they're talking about. Uh, and Pinterest offers all that information and it drives traffic back to your site. So unlike a Flickr, which you see pretty pictures, um, people can see pictures on Pinterest and when they click on it, it can go back to your specific business site. And that to me is just absolutely
0: amazing. So um, What's your thoughts on like the, the profile of the people that are using Pinterest today? I think that the profile of people—it's
1: always evolving. Uh, I mean, the reality is that the majority are still women, and and you're going to hear different statistics, Michael. Uh, some people will say it's sixty-five. Some people will say it's eighty uh, percent, but it is still mostly women. Um, people that are you know eighteen and above that are looking to discover new lifestyles. So for example, they're looking for new recipes, they're looking for new products, um, but they're discovering these things by accident. Mm -hmm. So they might end up discovering, for example, a product specifically for their bathroom that they had no idea about, no idea. But that's why they love using Pinterest. Um, But it is growing towards a male demographic. It's still not as strong and they don't use it as frequently uh, as women do, but there is a steady increase of men using it uh, to kind of shop for their man cave as well.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, I'll tell everybody how my wife uses it. She is always looking for like a, like one of the things we were looking for was a, a table to put, you know, in our in our family room, you know, right in front of the couch. So she would be on Pinterest looking through just endless amounts of pictures. And I would imagine if I was a company that was selling tables, I would want all my products up there, right? because it would allow someone to go directly to the website and decide to order it. Is that how a lot of people are using it? or is it more like people taking pictures of their living room? I'm just curious, like you know how to, this is kind of leading me down the path to a question like and maybe this is an optimization question, but if you take a picture of something that has multiple things inside of it, how is it discovered by Pinterest searchers, if you will?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, first things first is, uh, as I said before, there, there's probably numerous ways that it gets discovered, but one of the most common ways is just through search. Uh, so like you're saying, uh, you and your wife are looking through tables and she might type in uh, dining room table uh, and then in, in the search yeah, or box. coffee that, table, right? Coffee table, exactly, yeah, in the search box for Pinterest. And then you're going to see a whole bunch of results that are related to coffee table. Uh, and the other way is also that what's really fascinating is that Pinterest actually is starting to have kind of like a visual recognition engine. So they they recognize that certain colors and certain patterns refer to a coffee table. So even though a picture in the pin description might not say coffee table, if enough people in the past have referred to that image as a coffee table, you might see a pin that's a coffee table, but that doesn't use that kind of description. Uh, so there's there's all this to it as well. Um, another way that's discovery is literally just through people repinning stuff. Hmm. So one person repins, and then you see it on another person's feed, Uh, And that just kind of spreads through a wildfire, wildfire. So it's kind of like Facebook sharing. You just discover it by accident. So there's a lot of ways to discover. But the most common way I find is through the search box.
0: So what I hear you saying is in some regards for physical product, for companies that sell products, it's really becoming a visual search engine, isn't it? It is. And
1: I think that there's no denying about it. I mean, if you talk to, it's funny, Michael, I don't know if your wife does this, but I've talked to several women who tell me that they won't even go to Google first when they're looking for things, uh, especially products or things related to their lifestyle. They will actually go to Pinterest first uh, because the results tend to be better quality. They tend to be curated by actual users. uh, And then if they need to go to Google, they'll go to Google. But it it really is becoming the lifestyle search engine as well.
0: Now, what about people that are publishers, for example, bloggers um, like you or like us, or people that are, you know, essentially creating information, how would they be using Pinterest? I just want to explore that use case as well.
1: Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think if you think of Pinterest almost as your place to design uh, and pin a magazine cover, it does wonders in that sense. I think long time ago, maybe like two, three years ago, is very common to use a stock photo Um, you know, just kind of get people's attention. But now you have to create this quote unquote pinnable image that has a text overlay that gives a great headlines Is you know, top 10 ways to market on Twitter Mm. uh, and to create a a great, wonderful background image. You know, Peg Fitzpatrick is great with that. Uh, Rebecca Redis is really good with that as well. And by creating this magazine style cover, you're able to lure people back into your website. So, if you create a pin and you go, would this be a magazine quality cover? If not, then you might want to re-examine it.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so um, obviously you've been using Pinterest for a long, long time. What are some of the big mistakes or what's the biggest mistake that you find people making um, that they ought to not be making when it comes to Pinterest? To be honest, the biggest
1: mistake I see, and this happens a lot business, uh, businesses, is that what happens is a person will upload this Beautiful pin, so it's this really gorgeous image. Uh, it could be of a coffee table, it could be of a, a hairstyle, whatever it is. And when they upload, they actually forget that they have the option to edit that pin and change the source, uh, which basically means is um, the source is where you want that pin to be re- redirected me. to when clicked on. Schedule the next week's M- and E-post. what happens is it could get potentially five hundred or a thousand repins. But it doesn't go anywhere. And so anytime you upload a pin, whether it's a pin of your company picnic or it's a product or if it's your blog post, ensure that you click on the edit and you put in the URL where you want that pin redirected to. Hugest mistake I've seen uh, when it comes to losing traffic.
0: Gotcha. Um, you, You alluded earlier that there's been a lot of changes or at least a big change since the launch of Pinterest. Um, with the way the feed works, and um, I think it's called the smart feed, but can you kind of explain what is Pinterest doing now that they 've got so much um, so many pins going through their feed what what are, what have they changed about their feed and let's kind of explore what marketers need to know about that the The feeds changed
1: a lot in the sense that um, as as we discussed before, it used to be more of a chronological order. So you would pin something and then it would show up at that moment. Or you would schedule something and it would show up at that chronological time. Very similar to Twitter. There, there There's no filtering. Um, You could literally pin 500 pins in a row. Um, Not that you should. But now what's happened is that Pinterest has said, okay, you know, we're not going to do the chronological thing. We're going to base your pins on quality. Uh, And the smart feed really is now based on, I would say, two things. It's based on quality and it's based on relevance. And how Pinterest measures that, and there's this is just one of the two factors is number one um, they measure based on how many um, how many people are are actually linking to uh, to that pin specifically. so if that pin is going to a website and they notice that website gets a lot of pins, that boosts your your pin showing up at the very
0: top. Okay, wait wait, wait, hold on a second. let me pause you there. so um, if it's from a source that gets lots of pins in general or is it the particular destination of that particular um, pin? Does that make sense? Like, for example, we get lots of pins if you count all of our articles. Does that mean anything that points to our website gets a little preferential treatment? Or is it just the destination that it's linking to it and all the aggregations of all the other people pinning to that final URL destination? It's actually, it's, a, it's both,
1: actually. Um, so they're looking really? for, yeah, they're looking for the direct and they're looking for the overall. So if they notice that uh, overall, for example, like Social Media Examiner is getting a lot of pins, uh, that will help boost the pin as well. Because, again, it's coming from a credible source. Wow. Uh, so there's all these little things that kind of play in a role, which is why they don't like that spammy type of website. Uh, so, so that plays uh, a big role in the Pinterest smart feed
0: for sure. Hmm. Now, have they publicly released the um, the variables that are at play here, or has it mostly been a lot of marketers experimenting trying to figure it out? It's mostly been marketers that have been experimenting with it. Uh, there have been some
1: leaked, I would say, uh, credible sources like Ahology, which works closely with Pinterest, and and they provide um, they work with bloggers specifically with. Um, to get Pinterest content, um, they have a closed source, and and they've been um, you know leaking a little bit here and there. So a lot of it is through marketer experimentation, similar to Google search results. Nobody can confirm, nobody can deny, but it's it's one of those kind of gray areas for sure. Michael,
0: gotcha. Okay, so you talked about you talked about how if you can get a lot of people pinning content from your your site, um, that's going to boost the likelihood that your pins are seen in the Pinterest. Um, Smart feed, And let's back up for a second. Um, So when people log into Pinterest today, what do they see exactly? Well, what they're going to see is, they're going to see,
1: number one, is they're going to see pins from people that they do follow. Um, But again, it's not necessarily going to be in the chronological order. Uh, They're also going to see another thing called related pins, which are pins that are suggested to people, but they're not necessarily following those pinners specifically. So Uh Pinterest
0: might- yeah, go ahead. How 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 are those related pins determined? Because that sounds like a marketing opportunity, doesn't it?
1: It does. Yeah. It's one of those things that I, I don't think we can control. But again, it's determined by your own personal pinning activity. So if they notice that, hey, this person tends to pin a lot about natural hair products, um, we notice that this pin uh, is associated a lot with natural hair products. Why don't we recommend that pin and see if it's of interest to them? Uh, again where it's an opportunity for marketers is that marketers keep thinking like oh it's only about my direct followers it's a, it's about you know people that only see my stuff when in reality you have great quality stuff and you're using the descriptive words that people are searching for then other people that may have never followed you now have a chance to see your pin which they call related pins so it's it's kind of like a wild goose chase and, and a lottery you never know how
0: your pin is going to show up in another person's feed. Well, it kind of reminds me with Facebook, for example, if you like a Facebook page or you share something on Facebook, sometimes Facebook will recommend other stuff. Have you ever noticed that? Like you might watch a video on Facebook and it might show some relevant related videos, or you might like a page like our page and it might say you also might like these pages. It sounds like, you know, um, it sounds pretty cool. Now, the logical question, Vincent, that's coming into my mind is let's say I have uh, a thousand. What do they call them? Followers or fans, or what do they call them on Pinterest? Like mostly followers, yes. Let's say I have a thousand followers. Is there, is it now like Facebook where Pinterest is going to regulate the likelihood? Will will everyone among, Is it more like Twitter where it's everybody sees everything, or is it more like Facebook where only some things get seen by your followers? It's more likely to be. It's actually more like Facebook. Um,
1: so, for example, taking the example of people that blog, maybe you're a social media blogger. Uh, again, if somebody follows your Pinterest account, but really they they have a heavy interest in clothing, fashion, retail, chances are Pinterest probably knows that you're not that interested in, in social media. So they're not going to show those type of pins in the feed as often. They're going to show pins that you, they know that you're pinning um, about that you usually pin. So, so that's the thing. It's it really, you really want to get followers that are really love your stuff, that can't get enough of it because you get irrelevant followers, they're not gonna see it's not they're not
0: going to, it's just
1: that they're less likely to see your stuff.
0: So what advice do you have for marketers then when it comes to the smart feed? When it
1: comes to the smart feed, I think that the the one thing I always advise marketers and, and businesses in general is that. When you are creating your boards uh, and your pins, um, keep, keep your ideal audience in mind. I think that sometimes businesses or marketers will create boards that are based on popular topics. For example, like, oh, you know, again, Thanksgiving just passed in the U.S. And, you know, they might create a Thanksgiving board. But that's not really relevant to your target audience if you're a social media marketer. So you want to create boards that are about marketing, about social media marketing. Uh, you can show off a little bit about yourself. I think that's good to show off a bit of your personality. But by keeping your boards relevant, uh, you're going to get followers that are relevant and more likely to see your pins and, and the stuff that, um, that you're producing than just trying to do like a cast wide net of people and get tons of followers that are just irrelevant.
0: What... <laughs> Just out of curiosity, um, what's your thoughts about the frequency upon which you should repost information? What's You know, like on Twitter, for example, we might repost the same thing multiple times over a period of days. What's the, what's the, what's the recommendation when it comes to Pinterest? You know, I'll be, I'll be honest,
1: Michael, I don't know if there's necessarily kind of a solid rule regarding that. I've worked with clients where I repin their stuff the very next day um, onto a different board Um, And so for those that may not be familiar, a a Pinterest board is kind of a a category. So you might want to pin on a category about Thanksgiving dinners, and then that one can go on to um, dinners for parties. Um, But what you don't want to do for sure is you don't want to repin consistently onto different boards. So you don't want to say, okay, I'm going to pin to this board and literally using that same pin, repin it onto another board and another board and another board. Uh, Pinterest will penalize you for that. So the best strategy I always tell people is spread it out. Uh, Again, wait at least a day before you repin to a different board. And again, if it's really popular, just keep repinning it every two, three weeks, uh, because you'll be surprised how much traction
0: you can get from that. So when you say keep repinning it every two to three weeks, does that mean to the boards that you have and that you own? Exactly. Yeah. So the boards that you have that you own. So even if
1: you've already pinned to Uh, you know, you pin to that board already uh, because some people will not see that pin Uh, again, feel free to repin that, but don't, again, don't do it too frequently. Spread it out. If it's going to be on the same board, wait till two, three weeks. So that way Pinterest knows that you're not trying to spam or trying to game their system.
0: So is Pinterest looking at the image or is it looking at the destination link? Because I could see a strategy here where you could create a bunch of different images for one really popular post and maybe each day post a different image with the same destination link, or is that not suggested? No, actually it is
1: complete. I would highly suggest that you try out different images uh, linking to the same destination. Uh, as a matter of fact, my friend, Eliza, Elisa Meredith, um, she does that and she found that it was great for lead generation mm. uh, because she found that, hey, okay, we noticed that pin A uh, didn't generate enough You know, email signups, but Pin B did. So let's kind of stick with Pin B. And they just kept doing that. They would create these different images uh, again and again. And she gave me a great tip. I wish I had thought this, Michael, but she said she would purposely go to Pinterest, type in the subject matter. So if for her it was kind of about um, smoothies and, and health and nutrition, she would type those things onto Pinterest search box and see what images came up, see what was popular, and not necessarily rip off that pin, but get. Inspired by that to create something similar, Interesting. so that way that yeah, so it's almost like you're 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 copying this viral template, um, but you're not trying to violate the copyright rules, of course.
0: Talk to me about outreach when it comes to people that have really big Pinterest followings. I mean, is this is Pinterest one of those networks where it's all about? kind of the size of your following and building relationships with the right people and if they pin it, you can it can make you successful? or is it more of a slow organic kind of growth or is it a little bit of, of both? I'm curious what your thoughts are.
1: I think it's a to me, I feel it's a bit of both. I think you have to really dedicate yourself to Pinterest. Um, there's no quick and easy way. Uh, to become an influencer. Uh, and in terms of reaching out to influencers or people with massive followings, uh, they can be helpful. I think that when you develop a relationship with them, uh, they can help you a lot. Uh, and the thing to keep in mind, though, is that when people have, I would say, hundreds of thousands or even millions of followers, um, if you're expecting them to consistently pin your stuff without having a really deep relationship with them, it, it will happen once in a while. I've had that with my experience. I've noticed that I'll. Oh, you know, Somebody that has 400,000 followers will pin my stuff and there's this huge spike in traffic in terms of like an extra 150 visitors to my website um, just from that single pin that, that very day. But what will happen is that inevitably because the influencer isn't necessarily related to my personal space, it's not really related to social media specifically, I noticed that the bounce rate for, um, for that visit increases a lot more. Um, So you want to make sure that if you are developing those type of relationships, it's it's with the same type of people, people that uh, share your same passion. And uh, again, you'll see, for example, mommy bloggers, I have to admit, Michael, mommy bloggers are just amazing because they work together. They build this community together and they both really get rewarded for working um, with each other and they build their followers. And mommy bloggers are kind of the good way, uh, a good method to follow
0: Let's, let's talk about uh, personal versus company Pinterest accounts um, or company pages. I forget what they call them on Pinterest. Is there a difference and is there a benefit to, to going under your personal profile versus setting up a company, I guess, profile on Pinterest? I think
1: that in terms of personal, uh, I mean, if you purely just want to use it for personal, then you can. Uh, but there's definitely some things to the business accounts with Pinterest that you just don't get with a personal account. Uh, and for example, like, again, if you need to use advertising, you have to have a business account. Um, if you want to be able to, um, again, get anal- detailed analytics, uh, about what's happening on your website or or what's happening with your Pinterest page, then you definitely want to get a, a business account. So a personal account is good for literally your personal stuff. But if you want to know the data behind it, and I, I'm a big believer in data, you got to get a business account.
0: Um, let's talk about driving traffic to a website. I know that you probably use Pinterest to drive traffic to your blog and some of your clients' blogs. Do you have any hot tips or or suggestions for people when it comes to, and I know a lot of what we've been talking about is kind of relevant to driving traffic, but it seems like that's one of the main things everybody wants. So w- what suggestions might you have? Honestly, my, here's the, the one suggestion
1: I have is that when you are starting off with Pinterest uh, is definitely to create beautiful images, um, You know, create vertical images that people can see both on the mobile and on the desktop version. So this is very important. If you've only been seeing your pins on the desktop, you're really missing out on some really great opportunities uh, because so many people use the mobile version of Pinterest. And I'm talking about the app specifically. And so people might have this horizontal image and it, it looks okay on a desktop, and you realize it looks so tiny on an Android screen. So that's the first thing. You want to make sure that they're vertically tall Um, The second thing, as I said before, is make sure they're beautiful, make sure they're standing out because you are literally competing with hundreds of other pins every single moment. And so imagine again, it's a magazine cover. If if your pin was on a magazine rack, would it stand out? If not, kind of reassess it. Uh, And the third thing I think you need to do is pin consistently, especially if you're starting off I know people are really busy. They have so much to do. So they don't want to dedicate that maybe 15 or 20 minutes a day. But I tell you, if you pin every day and you're consistent with great, creating great images, you're going to see traffic spike because what Pinterest loves to do is they love to reward people that are pinning consistently. They love it when people are pinning great materials um, and they want to reward you um, by actually putting your pins in front of other people. So if you only do it like once every two weeks,
0: the truth is you, you're you not going to be getting a lot of traffic. Now, what about on the website side of things? What do we need to do on our blog or website in order to encourage those visitors to pin our content on their Pinterest accounts? I think that what
1: they need to do is to ensure that they have a pin it button that is mobile friendly and desktop friendly as well. Uh, so there are a lot of buttons out there that allow you to hover over image, but as many of your listeners will know, you, you can't really hover over an iPhone or a smartphone. Even though I know the the new um, iOS system has a, a built-in pinned button, um, but you want to make sure that regardless, you have one. I did on not it. know that,
0: by the way. I oh did yeah, not. so, so yeah. talk about that for a second. It's built yeah. in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically what happens is that there is now a built-in pin it button um, within the newest iOS system. And so if you have the new I, uh, iPhone, um, you can actually use Safari and, um, and then you can actually pin from every, any website now. So you don't technically, the website. Huh. Um, do you have to go pay.
0: ahead and on your iPhone, like you obviously have to tell your iPhone, like, like you do with your Facebook and Twitter account, you have to tell it what your Pinterest account is in order to enable that pin, I would imagine, right?
1: Yes, I, I yes, I think so. I, to be honest, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. i not going to lie. Actually, I own an Android phone, so I haven't tested it out fully myself. Um, well, if somebody
0: figures it yeah. out, please leave uh, your suggestions in the show notes and we will tell everybody how to get there a little bit later. So that's really cool. Okay, so yeah, good point. I mean, the the fact of the matter is that most of those... Most of those hover pin things do not work because there is no such thing as hovering on a mobile device, right? <laughs> so, so how so what what do you recommend? Are there any plugins in particular? I know a lot of people listening are on WordPress. I don't know if there's any particular ones that you recommend. Uh, and, and it depends on your website too. I mean, if you are a WordPress,
1: uh, you know Cynthia Sanchez uses uh, Phil Dirksen's um, uh, plugin. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but if you, you check out Phil Dirksen, he has a plugin and that one works out great as well. Um, I use Pin Button Attraction myself, which is another premium plugin for WordPress. Uh, and the, the reason why I use those and recommend those is because those plugins will actually give you the pin counter numbers. So not every type of plugin um, will give you kind of like a counter number. Mm. Of course, with social, pr- like if again, if you have a, Pin that's been pinned two thousand times. It just adds that extra social proof. Uh, so those are two premium plugins I recommend if you're a WordPress blog user.
0: Yep. And then another one is uh, we use Dig Dig D I G G D I G G, which is a buffer plugin that hasn't been updated in a long time. But um, the good news about it is um, uh, for desktop users um, or for mobile users, depending on how you configure it. If you if it's for mobile, you want it to be at the end of the article. Um, or at the top of the article but I think probably the end of the article would be logical so people can scroll through I guess you know one of the things that comes to my mind is um, are some people putting right underneath an image like click here to pin you know like literally those words like in a kind of a caption underneath it so that on the mobile you'd have that verbal cue to just go ahead and pin that have you seen anything like that Vincent? I actually haven't seen too many blogs doing that. I've tried it
1: myself. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I haven't seen like I would say massive success with it. Gotcha. Um, I've tested it out, but um, but I still encourage people to try it out uh because you never know. Um you never know. If you have the time and you have the 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 staff that can handle it, I think that the beauty of Pinterest is all it takes is one pin. And before you know it, it goes semi-viral. There's 300 repins and there's you know 500 additional visits to your site. So you never know. I, I always say test it out yourself because it might work for you. Just, just because it didn't work for me doesn't mean it's not a useful tactic.
0: Let's talk about Pinterest advertising. Um, I think it's called promoted pins, if I'm not mistaken. Give us kind of the overview, if you will. Yeah, promoted pins is
1: is Pinterest's advertising platform and it's available and this is something that's very key because I know Michael you've got a lot of international listeners out there. Promoted Pins is only available to US businesses uh, and that's it. Oh. So if you yeah it's it's kind of weird yeah. Not I'm even actually, can,
0: not even Canadians? No,
1: we're actually it's funny yeah. We actually Canadians actually we're like the second largest uh, user base for Pinterest. And, and we don't have um, the rights to the well, advertising. Let's, let's hope finance. that changes
0: pretty soon. <laughs> so, I hope so, too. so beyond that major limitation that will hopefully change in the future, kind of give us, an. I mean, I don't know, you're in Canada, right? So you probably haven't had a chance to mess around with it or have you?
1: Actually, it's ironic because I have a few clients in the US, so I've, I've been pretty privy to uh, to the promoted pin. So I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. So, t- so talk about how it works a little bit so everybody can understand. Yeah. So the gist of the promoted pins is that you you create a pin um, that would normally go onto your own uh, board or, or your own account. So you have to create something first. And what will happen is then you do actually have to go through approval process. So it's not like everybody has the right to advertise. It's not like Facebook where, oh, you know, I, I choose to be an advertiser. Um, you have to apply for promoted pins. Uh, once you're authorized, um, then they'll give you a website that gives you a, I wouldn't say a lot of restrictions, but you have to follow the rules and regulations uh, and basically you choose a pin that you want to promote uh, you choose a daily budget uh, and you choose the keywords that you want to quote unquote rank for so for example one of my clients uh you know he he's into natural hair products and uh you know one of the words that we you know we want to be searched for is natural hair hmm. so it'll tell you like okay these amount of it'll tell you that the amount of search traffic weekly is either less than 5,000 or it's 49,000 or whatever it is. Uh, In that point, uh, you pay for a campaign. Um, So you can spend $5, you can spend $20 a day. It's really up to you. Um, But every pin does have to go through an approval process. uh, And uh, it has to be something that's quality. uh, And again, it doesn't lead to some kind of spam account. Uh, And then that's it. And then you it, so, it gets shown on um, search results.
0: I'm sure a lot of people listening are familiar with Google AdWords and maybe even to a lesser extent, Facebook ads. I don't know what your experience is with those, but you know, can you tell us like, how are they pricing? Is it a cost per thousand impressions? Is it a cost per click, cost per conversion? Can you do conversion tracking? I'm just curious what kind of stuff do you know is available with the promoted pins?
1: yeah, with the promoted pins, I, I don't know, I know for a fact that they charge cost per click. Okay. Um, I don't know about the conversion part yet because I, my gut, and I can't verify this, Michael, but I think that's more for like really large businesses. Gotcha. Um, not so much for small. Um, but something I want to add that's really different, I think, from you know Google ads and Facebook ads is that what Pinterest won't do is they don't charge by per repin. And so there's this really side benefit to, to, towards promoted pins is not only is your pin being uh, you know on top of these specific Pinterest search results, but if nobody clicks, but somehow there are 500 repins, um, you're not paying for any of those repins. But again, it's getting that additional traffic that you're not paying for through advertising.
0: I see. So if I understand you correctly, if somebody, um, if I promote a pin... And you repin my pin, and a bunch of people click on it because you did that. I'm not getting charged for that because that didn't come through Pinterest efforts. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: I believe so. I've seen like I've seen, um, for example, the advertising where there's literally like 80 repins, and based on the traffic uh, of of that one pin, there's no way that that, like for example, if that pin will on the advertising say this thing received 150 clicks, right. but it has 80 repins. Um, so logically there's, I,
0: it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Um, that well, Facebook and Twitter, just so you know, do the same thing. So um, with Facebook advertising and Twitter advertising, from our experience is that if someone, if you pay for a post and someone reshares it, they don't charge you for any of that extra traffic and neither does Twitter. Um, hmm. So that, that's that's great news. Now, give us a perspective of kind of what the range has been from your experience. Are we talking like pennies? Are we talking dollars? I mean. What kind of, uh, what, what, is it one of those things that's highly variable depending on how many people are advertising for the keywords that you're searching for?
1: Uh, I think it's it's really variable. Uh, I've dealt more with the lower end of of things. So literally it's five cents per click. I've oh, seen wow. for okay. like for... Uh yeah for some really I, I wouldn't say competitive words, but yeah it's it's relatively low, so I think that if people think it's this expensive, like two dollars per click or or rumors have it because Pinterest was working with a lot of big businesses that it was forty dollars per click wow it's nowhere nowhere near that. You can actually go really far. I think honestly, you can go really just far a couple with of bucks, forty dollars. Huh? Yeah, wow. Yeah, with a couple of bucks, um, just to kind of give you a quick case study, uh, I had somebody, um, a client of mine, and you know we're doing uh, again. I, I wouldn't say it's a, a really competitive, but it, it, the cost per click was five cents, and we were able to get like a, a, I think like one hundred and fifty clicks, and we were spending like was it like ten bucks or less than twenty bucks? Wow. You know, and, and that was then that happened all in within like two days. Wow. those clicks came right through. So you'll, you'll be surprised how much you can spend. Um, and it's, I, I personally think it's one of the best-kept secrets right now.
0: That is so cool. Well, Vincent, I know we've literally just scratched the surface of what can be done with Pinterest. And I think a lot of people that are at least in America are saying, ooh, I might want to go experiment with this Pinterest promoted pins thing. Um, where can people discover more about you and also your podcast? Uh, what, your podcast is Pictures to Profits. Um, where do you want to send people?
1: You can visit me, um, on my website. It's a uh, www.mcngmarketing.com. That's where you can find my blog as well as the pictures to profits podcast, or you can download them, uh, download it on
0: iTunes or Stitcher. Pin- oh, I almost called you Pinterest Vincent <laughs> 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 on behalf of a lot of people. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. It was awesome. Thank you, Michael. Well, I hope you found some little nuggets of gold inside of that interview. And if you're not using Pinterest, I I hope you give it a shot. And if you are, I hope you start experimenting with some of the things that we talked about. Also, if there's anything that we did mention in today's show and you missed it, we take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 126, which stands for episode 126. Also, if you are not already a subscriber, hit that subscribe button on whatever player that you listen to. Also, can you help us get the word out? Socialmediaexaminer.com slash love will do what we call a verbal tweet. It'll put a tweet right into your Twitter feed from your smartphone, and you can let your friends know that you suggest a show. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. Also, don't forget to register for Social Media Marketing World 2015 taking place in San Diego in March. Warm people, fun people, networking, discoveries, so much more. If you're interested in being a sponsor at this conference, email emily at socialmediaexaminer.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.